Running a chiropractic clinic can be rewarding and stressful with the everyday ups and downs. Here at Relentless Weekly, we give you inspiration, motivation, and education to help you avoid the mistakes and make your practice what you want it to be. And now, here's your relentless host, Dr. Kelly Henry. Welcome to the Relentless Weekly Podcast where we inspire, motivate, and educate chiropractors to achieve greater success. I'm your relentless host, Dr. Kelly Henry, and I have with me today another tremendously successful guest, Dr. Carolyn Griffin. She graduated from Los Angeles uh, College of Chiropractic and has spent the past 20-plus years serving patients with chiropractic care. She loves helping patients see the macro perspective on their overall health not just the one area they want to improve. For her, chiropractic is not just a job, it's a lifestyle. Understanding the power a chiropractic adjustment can have on the nervous system, resulting in improved body function, along with becoming a certified firmatologist and using the healing power of fermented foods has led her into a wonderful world of gut health and the brain-gut connection. As a result, she created My Cultured Life, My Cultured Life is a learning source to teach people how to make fermented foods and beverages on their own. This is where she shares what's brewing in her kitchen and easy ways for you to do the same. Fermented foods and beverages are the best way to get your daily dose of a variety of healthy probiotics. With so many people suffering from chronic diseases, fermentation, along with chiropractic care, may be the best combination to address the root cause of many of these gut so again, thank you. Appreciate you being on. If you could uh, maybe elaborate a little more about yourself, your practice, your online business for us, we'd appreciate it. Sure. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. I'm excited to share uh, a little bit about me. I am a chiropractor, like you mentioned, and I am a certified fermentationist. And I've been in chiropractic, I've been a chiropractor for over 20 years this December. I believe it's going to be 24 uh, years in practice. So I've been doing it a long time. And yeah, and I'm also a mom of two amazing children. Um, I call them children, but I guess they're not really children anymore. They're they're always your children. Yeah, they're always going to be. But my (laughs) he's almost 19 and my daughter's 16. And my son is on the path of becoming a chiropractor himself. So it's been a really fun journey watching him develop and grow um, as he's, you know, traveling along that route. And um, but yeah, so I've been doing this a long time and I've loved sharing um, a lot with especially students, especially with my son kind of coming into age of, you know, with this being what he wants to do. So um, I'm excited to jump in and talk about it. So, uh, yeah, one of the things I guess I can also bring up is that we um, I do have a couple of online courses that I have available as well. And we can talk about this a little later if we want. But um, Women in Wellness is one. And that's a in it's an in-house event that we host once a year. And we've done it for six years already. And it's a wonderful way to bring uh, women into your office. Uh, spread the message and the word about what chiropractic is all about. It's a great way to bring decision makers into your 
into your office in order for them, you can kind of share with them what's going on, how chiropractic can help not only themselves, but um, their, their children, their husband, their family, their friends, their coworkers. And so it's an event that I've been doing, like I said, for the last six years, and we've packaged it in a way to make it turnkey for any chiropractor to do. In fact, it's so easy and laid out the way we've laid it out that you can literally pass it on to your CA and your CA can, um, basically do it for you. And so if you've got a lot of things going on, you know, you're juggling a lot of plates, this is one thing that you can incorporate uh, where it's not going to take more of your time, but you can pass it on to your CA to really take the, uh, you know, the reins and go for it. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Especially in the fact that you can just hand it over to a CA and let them take care of it. Yeah. And that's really important because I know for me, I get really busy and it's like, yeah, that's a really great idea. I really want to do that. But when am I going to do that? You know, it's like there's so many things going on, especially, you know, there's a lot of females out there, female chiropractors now. But even the guys, I mean, we're all busy. We're we're parents. You know, we've got kids sports, kids activities. Um, plus, we're trying to run our practice and and, you know, case manage and, you know, take care of all the employees and do all these things that we've got going on. And it's like to put another thing on our plate can be a challenge unless you've got a solid team where you've got a lot of people doing a lot of things for you and you can then take the time to do stuff. That's not always the case for most docs. And um, but this I found is a great, fun, easy way to bring in new patients. And one of the things I love about this event that I don't really talk too much about, but it's not just a great way to bring in new patients. It's also a great way for you to actually have get more external talks as well. And so um, that's one of the things that I do talk about. Like once, uh, once you get into the program, I do have a Facebook group that you can join. And then from there, it's more information is shared about how to actually capitalize fully on how this event can really work for you. Fantastic. I appreciate you sharing with uh, sharing sharing that with us. Um, once we get to the end of the podcast, we'll we'll make sure we uh, you can let us know how to find out more about that and and certainly utilize that resource. That is, sounds awesome. Um, let's change gears just a little bit. Sure. What's a favorite quote or affirmation that you live by? So one, I have a few, but um, one that is standing out to me or one that's resonating with me more lately is um, be still and know. And that is something where I think for a lot of docs, you know, we, again, can get very overwhelmed on the day to day. There's so many things that'll hit our desk. There's things that are due yesterday and we're still, you know, and things are piling up. And, you know, it can get very overwhelming. And when that happens, we tend to shut down. And if we shut down, then it, we're going to be even less productive and be able to not get uh, a lot of stuff done that we really need to get done. So one of the things I like to do is just to just breathe, breathe easy, relax, be still and know that everything is going to happen. And I tend to be uh, very organized in the fact that, you know, I will lay things out and say, okay, here's like this one major master to-do list. I just list everything. I do basically a brain dump, lay everything out. Here's what it is that I've, you know, got to do. I have to do. And then from there you can prioritize. Okay. These are things that are super important that need to be done now. These are things that need, that can, you know, be done later this week. And these are things that can actually be put on the back burner for a little while, but it's still on my list. It's just not something I need to think about right at this minute. And so 
by kind of organizing your day, your life in that way, it becomes a little less stressful, a little less overwhelming. And then you can just pick off these things that need to be done. And you can then finally, you know, maybe see the light at the end of the tunnel. And these things can take time. I mean, some projects, you might have something on your list. It's like one little line on your list, right? But it might take you three weeks to a month to accomplish it. So it's important to kind of like just chip away at these things. Maybe the one thing I love to do is, you know, once you have this list, maybe just knock off a few things that you can do quickly. That's going to take, you know, maybe it's a quick phone call. Maybe it's, you know, you just got to, you know, write a quick report or, you know, a quick note and then um, send that off to the CA or whatever the situation might be. Get those little things off your list that will um, be handled quickly. And then you can actually create some more momentum and then get some of the bigger projects done. So I guess I just, you know, that favorite quote or affirmation kind of, you know, the reason why it is, is because be, when you're, uh, st- when you be still and know, and you actually realize that everything will get accomplished, it just kind of calms you down and it allows you to be, get more back into control instead of feeling like you're constantly out of control. That's tremendous advice there. Review those listening. For those of you listening, that, that you need to take note of that. Be still and know and then prioritize lists and, and focus that not everything needs to be done right now, right here now, and prioritize and, and just take it a piece at a time. So thank you for that. Sure. As, uh, as chiropractors, we are definitely more alike than we are different, and we all experience ups and downs and, and struggles in our lives. Can you, can you talk about maybe a time you struggled or maybe avoided struggle? Um, because of doing things differently and, and just expound on that a little bit? Sure. So, you know, I, I get this question a lot, actually. It's like, you know, we all struggle and it's true. We all do to a certain st- extent, but I think everyone's struggle can be different. Not everyone, you know, hits rock bottom, so to speak. And, and a lot of times, I think depending on the choices that you make, um, it will determine your success or failure. So some, some, it's really important to really take take that t- heed that advice and the fact that just really decide is this the right decision or the wrong decision. So for me, because and I, I should elaborate because you can actually avoid a lot of struggles if you do that. Um, and one of the things that I did coming out of school, um, actually even before I graduated, was I became a preceptor in an office that saw high volume. They saw a lot of patients every week, especially back in those days. Like I wasn't, you know. Um, and I think the average, even then, I don't know if the average changed much over the years, but I think, what is it? The average chiropractor sees like 100, 125 a week. And um, so the office I went in was, you know, more than double that. So I was like, oh, or actually triple, they were saying 350. So whatever the math is, I, I don't want to do math. <laughs> That's a bunch, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is. So anyway, you were That's saying- the same reason I became a chiropractor. I didn't have to do math. So. <laughs> exactly. So nonetheless, um, I became this preceptor. So it was even a couple of months before I graduated from chiropractic school. I started you know, doing exams and just shadowing a lot more than anything and taking care of some of the, the grunt work that no one really wants to do. But I was so happy to do it because I knew that I was in the right place. And I was going to, I knew that my payment was going to be experience and I was 100% okay with that. And so- For me, I got into this office and the weekend before I started, actually, before I was to start on that Monday, they dragged me to a seminar and the seminar, you know, I didn't know these people. I was going away on a weekend with them. I was nervous about starting in their office on Monday, but I didn't really question any of it. And I just went, I just went for it. So we go to the seminar, we show up 
happens to be Dr. Fred Schofield with chiropractic um, <laughs> training. And he is crazy in yes. a loving, loving way. And I mean that hundred percent lovingly. And so we'd go into this training and back then in the, in the nineties, this is like October of 95. And he was intense. He's intense now, but multiply that by 100 because in, you know, back then it was even more crazy. And so I remember walking into this room, the room was humongous. There was a ton of doctors in the room. He's on a stage in the very back and he looked very small, like an inch or two tall from the back of the room, because that's how many people were in this room. And he was just doing his thing. He was going off and just spreading the word about chiropractic. And now granted, you have to understand, I came from a place where I went to LACC um, and I couldn't even say the word subluxation. So I had zero philosophy. I came out of school thinking I knew everything. I go to this seminar thinking, what is he talking about? And I just thought he was crazy, but I knew that there was something to this. I was so overwhelmed and so taken back that I was like in shock. It was like shock and awe, you know? And one of the things that the doctor I worked for, what we would always do is coming back from the seminars, like, okay, what is the one thing that you got from that? And I remember thinking, I have no idea. Like I I just knew something shifted, something changed, but I had no idea what the one thing was because it was such a, it's like something changed for me on like literally on a cellular level. It was that intense for me and that, you know, transformational for me. And so um, I continued. So then I, you know, started and I graduated from chiropractic school and then I started training with him. I kept training with him for the next 13 years. So from student to doctor, you know, as an associate, opening my own practice and beyond for a long time, I was, I was, um, you know, training under a master and this guy just changed my life. Yeah. And so as a result of that, I don't feel like I truly struggled. And I don't mean that to sound, you know, I'm not trying to sound, I don't even know how that sounds pompous or whatever, because I know Mm -hmm. we all struggle. We all struggle differently, but in this particular case, when it comes to practice, like I don't really feel like I had those major struggles that I see and hear a lot of docs have those stories because I really started from school, the end of school through my entire career where I studied under this genius of a, of a chiropractor that just changed my paradigm and made me understand the whole purpose of what chiropractic is and was for me. And I was able to you know, then learn and grow continuously. And so I didn't have those struggles that most students have coming out of school. Now, maybe, you know, I didn't know how to adjust. I had to learn how to adjust. You know, we all think we know, but we don't. I needed to learn how to, you know, case manage, but I had my doc holding my hand the whole way, showing me and guiding me and, and all of these things. So I think, you know, we all have those growing pains, but I didn't have the struggle that I typically hear from other doctors. And so I'm so super thankful for that. Absolutely. Well, and I think you, a couple of things you said about not struggling. I, I think that if I can interject a little bit on, you had a great attitude. You mentioned that you were willing to pay the price and to do the things and learn um, instead of coming out and think you knew, know it all and just going to start right up and, you know, everything's going to be roses from, from the beginning. And you didn't have that, that attitude. It doesn't sound like you. You knew you need to learn and grow and learn from somebody else. So, yeah, for me, just you know, having that attitude, I'm sure it helped you tremendously. You know, it. I remember I was in clinic, and you know, that's the last year of school um, that you're in clinic, at least with LACC. 
And um, with that, what was interesting was um, a lot of my friends were either A, they had the finances to where they could open up on their own. So they were planning their practice. I had friends that were, you know, um, working for another doctor and getting paid a nice salary, which was, I mean, pretty decent, not, not overly exaggerated, but just getting paid in general. And then here was me that was not really getting paid for my preceptor, got paid pennies on the dollar for my associate until I got licensed and um, completely happy. And I remember my friends were like, you're getting so screwed. (laughs) screwed." And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I said, for one, I'm not driving from, you know, where I lived to clinic. It was saving $300 a month in gas. You know, back then it probably today's dollars, it might be a thousand. And (laughs) you know, I'm saving $300 a month on gas and I'm learning all this stuff from this doc. They're taking me to seminars and I'm not having to pay for that. You know, for me, it was an exchange of experience for what I was helping them do, which is, you know, all the grunt work and, and, you know, all that stuff that associates do. And again, I was okay with it because I knew that, you know, I could get paid dollars But if I wasn't being shown the ropes, then it was kind of like paying. What is that saying? Like, you know, you can give a person fish for a day, but or you can teach them how to swim or how to fish. And so I was that I'm terrible with those sayings. By the way, you got it. Don't worry about it. Okay, but nonetheless, I was taught how to fish. And as a result of that, I was able to open up my own practice. And since then, this last two years. So I've been like I mentioned, I've been in practice for a long time. But over the last two years, I actually now have a second office. And so I have two offices two and two separate associates, one that is in my satellite office and one that I'm training and grooming now and hoping to open a third office. So for me, I feel like all of those things that I did back then, all of those sacrifices, um, even though, you know, you might get slightly resentful, you know, then, you know, once you're thinking, oh, well, now I know all this stuff and I'm still only getting this or doing that, you know, no, it all matters. It's all part of the process. It's all part of growth and, and it's paying your dues. And maybe some of the docs coming out of school today, they don't realize that that is actually still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> it actually still is. And I think, yes, actually, it is. yeah, you, you will actually appreciate it more if you end up doing those types of things, as opposed to just expecting X amount of dollars. But I'll tell you what, I will, I will say this. I do understand where the student is coming from. Now that I have a student, a young associate in my office, I do understand it. And I'll tell you where the, the stress is coming from or why they're asking for that type of money is because student loan debt for them is astronomical. Yeah. We came out of school with not much debt, they're coming out of school with 250 to 300 or more. And it is it's a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. It truly is. It is it is devastating an entire generation. And I think that is I think that's a crime. Something's got to be done. But nonetheless, we mm-hmm. what can we do as experienced doctors? We can still take them under our wing, we can pay them a fair wage while at the same time training them to give them the tools they can use. And I told my doctor this, my associate that's in my office, my my other one that's my associate, he's been in practice for over 15 years. He knows what's going on and he's doing just fine. But the young doctor is the one that I've, she's she has no clue, right? She's the one I'm really grooming at this point. And I basically told her, I said, my job is to make you better than me. 
My job is to get you to be the best adjuster. You're going to be better than I am. I love that. You're going to be better a case manager. You're going to know how to handle these things. You're going to be able to know how to handle flow. When you've got, you know, two new patients in the office, room full of patients to adjust, plus the next, whatever, you've got all these things juggling, you're going to be doing, you're going to be able to do it all. And this is what you need to learn. And so I'm taking her under my wing and showing her, and you know, there's a lot of debt that comes along with this. So the other part of the equation that what I'm doing for my associate is I'm like, okay, what's the game plan to get rid of this student loan? Because it ain't going away by itself. You can't just write it off. You can't be, go BK. It's, it is going to stay with you until the day you die. So how do we get rid of this? And so I had her print up all of her, um, I don't even know what you call it, all of the transactions, all the student loan debts, you know, how it's all laid out. And I said, okay, here's the highest percentage. This is, you know, let's put it in order from highest to lowest. And this is how you're going to attack it. So my husband's an accountant. And so what we're doing is kind of showing her how to budget. She has no idea how to even budget money. And so that's part of the learnings that we're offering here in our office to help her get on her feet because, you know, who else is going to teach her? She has no one else to show so her in that, in that regard. That's so great. Yeah. You know, two two things. Your your fantastic attitude from day one, starting out when you were making pennies on a dollar, and then what you just said about with with the associate in your office, and and that's the voice of a leader right there. That you are training her to be better than you. That's that's tremendous. So you're uh, you're you're doing great things, obviously, and the next generation is is at least with her is going to be uh, well on her way to success by being with you, learning from you. So. Um, What's been your number one key to success? You touched on a bunch of things. If you could narrow it down to one, what would you what would you say it, it is or was? Uh, the number one thing I would say is keep your head in the game. And what I mean by that is there's so many ways to get distracted um, that it's easy to go chase the next shiny object as chiropractors were known to do that. <laughs> You know, it's like, oh, this sounds good. Oh, that sounds good. But um, it's super important to just keep your head in the game, stay focused on the ultimate goal. And, you know, I think it's important to not get distracted because when you get distracted in your practice, in your home life, um, that's when things will start to fall apart. And don't get too comfortable, I guess, if I were to have a part two in this. Don't get too comfortable. And what I mean by that is don't coast. I remember when I was just starting practice, I was doing a screening at, I think it was like the senior center. <laughs> I think it was something like that. And there was a chiropractor that was that had a booth there um, as well as I did. And, and we were all excited and we're like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. It's going to be fun. We're going to educate our community. And this guy who had been in practice probably as long as I am now. So this was, I don't know, 20 years ago. And he was saying, you know, there's going to be a point in your practice where you're just going to be able to coast. And my husband and I looked at each other and, and just were like, you know, we were kind and polite and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we came home that night, we were like talking about it and we're like, there's no freaking way. Like, you know, I, keep in mind, I came from an associate position for three years, trained with Dr. Fred. There's no coasting. <laughs> There's no coasting. You don't coast. The docs that slow down, end up coasting because things are going well, 
are the ones that are going to find themselves struggling within the next year to two. And then they're going to realize, wonder, how did I get here? What happened? Because you yeah. stopped, you, because you stopped focusing, you stopped, you got distracted. You started to, to just kind of coast. And so that's one of the things that when my husband and I, we start to get comfortable and we're like, Ooh, you know, we think back to that doctor and we're like, we're not going to be like that guy. So we don't, that's why I like going to seminars. I like to stay ahead. I don't want to just sit on my laurels and just get comfortable and think everything is fine. Even though I'm doing well, it's not, it's not like it can always stay this way. So you always have to be one step ahead, not try to catch up and suck bubbles. Absolutely. I love that. The only way to coast is downhill. So I completely agree with that. Yeah. Well, I think you've already touched on the next two questions I'm going to ask you, but I'm asking you anyways. Um, sure. When, when you feel overwhelmed, unfocused, what what do you do? What's your remedy to get out of that? Um, I would have to say that it would be the affirmation. I just say to myself, be still and know, and I just slow down and I just say, okay, what is it that is jumbling my head? that is making me feel overwhelmed and I write it all down. And that is how I create my master to-do list because it's now on paper out of my head so I can regain my focus and then I can just start attacking whatever's in front of me in a logical way, in an organized way. And then a lot of times you'll find that there's things that you're writing down. It's like, okay, got to do this, got to do this. And you just start writing just brain dump, like I said, and then you'll realize, oh, I don't even need to do half these things. So why am I fretting over it? Why am I worried? And then you just exit off. And it's like, you know, it's like the not do list. You know what I mean? Don't do list. <laughs> and then you just kind of take it off your plate. And, and all of a sudden, you're not feeling stressed and overwhelmed anymore. Great advice. Mm -hmm. So what, what specific advice would you give to the new docs coming out right now? So I would say... It's really important for a new doc, a new student, I should say, that's graduating and will become a new licensed doctor is learn from learn the ropes. Find it. Find a doctor willing to take you under their wing. Become an associate first, even though, you know, I hear this all the time and I see it on Facebook groups, you know, chiropractors eat their young and all this stuff and, and probably true. And, and I'm going to say it's probably somewhat true. But I'll say that it's also not true all the time. I'd say that's a small percentage. The majority really want to help their, their, our profession because here's, here's my truth. My son is going to be a chiropractor. I need this profession to be strong. I need this profession to still be around. And if we are, if these docs are coming out of school, not knowing what the hell they're doing because they're just going to open their practice, they're sold, they're told in school that it's super easy when it's mm -hmm. not. And then they go and they take this leap of faith, which is fine to trust and go. And there are some that will do well. I'm not saying it's everybody, but there are the majority of students graduating probably should learn the ropes from somebody more experienced just to, to you know, uh, 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 that learning curve. It'll, it'll shorten that learning curve. Absolutely. And as a result, you're going to grow, get big, you know, grow faster in a shorter amount of time and you'll be more successful in a shorter amount of time. And the other thing that I find that's interesting and just working with a, a young doc that is out of school is the adjusting skills. She was the best in our, in her school or not her school, but in her class. And, you know, she's like, I was so good. I can't believe that I'm not, you know, as good now, like I'm in real practice and, and I'm not getting the feedback that I expected. So she's getting feedback from my patients. It's not feeling good. It actually doesn't, it doesn't, it hurts. 
And it's like, okay, we need to train your hands. But here's the thing. It's like, where else are you going to start up your practice? How long will it take you to see, you know, a hundred a week or a hundred a day? It's going to take you years. And if that's the case, well, for the majority of people, and if that's the case, then your learning curve is going to take for a long time. And then maybe not even that good because, you know, you're going to get into a rut to where you're used, you're not going to be able to really get better because you're, you know, you've learned, you've created a muscle memory that's kind of like bad, bad habits. And so by getting into an office that's already seeing a lot of people, you're going to get your hands on a lot of folks, a lot of different size people, different ages, all that good stuff. And now you're going to get better so much quicker. And so my doc went from, she's been with me just over six months, seven months, maybe eight. She went from good, maybe subpar to really great in a short amount of time that may have taken her five years. You know what I'm saying? So instead of just saying, no, I don't want to do this. I, you know, I've got the financial backing or I'm going to save my student loan money and not spend my student loan debt. And I'm just going to use that money to open a practice. Why don't you work for somebody, you know, work out the bugs, figure out what you want to do, figure out your niche, figure out where you want to live. There's so much more to this conversation. And then from there, that's when that's how you can actually save some money and not get into so much debt because then you can do it right the first time as opposed to making the mistakes in your own practice and then trying to reinvent the wheel later because what you realize didn't work the first time. Now you're going to have to change that takes time and that takes money. Tremendous advice, Doc. Appreciate that. So, yeah. Well, how can and where can my listeners connect and find you? So I can be reached at, um, I, I feel like I want to give out my, my website. It is www.scvcairo.com. Yeah, That's my um, uh, Santa Clarita Valley. So scvcairo.com. That's my website. You can reach me that way. Um, and, you know, there's, I would love to be able to chat with any doc that would like to um, get a hold of me. Um, I'm love, I love helping people. I love this profession. Like I said, my son wants to be a chiropractor, so I want it to succeed. I don't want people, docs to fail after five years and then go bartend because they couldn't make it and then be straddled with a $300,000 debt and life ruined, basically. That's terrible. That's a terrible, dismal, you know, very grim reality for a lot of students coming out. So definitely reach out. I'm open to a conversation and would love to help our the ne- the up and coming docs that are coming out of school and um, in any way I can. That's, that's fantastic. I appreciate you doing that. And I want to thank you, Dr. Griffin, for dropping the wisdom you dropped to the insights and just your passion for, for the profession and actually what you're doing for, for the profession. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. I also want to thank everyone for listening to this episode today. You can find Relentless Weekly on iTunes and Stitcher. Remember to like, subscribe, and share with your colleagues and friends. Um, I want to help docs achieve ultra success in their practice. So if you need help, go to my website, RelentlessCoachingSystems.com. Schedule a free strategy call with me so we can talk about how we can take your practice to the next level. Again, I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a fantastic day and keep being relentless in your pursuit of success. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Also, share it with your friends and colleagues. Head over to RelentlessCoachingSystems.com for more information and to see what Dr. Henry can do for you. 
Thanks for listening and keep being relentless.